Hello, welcome to She Said, He Said, a socially distanced branch of the Checking In podcast from GPPL. Well, we had our back to school month of September and now it's October and Matt and I were talking about how we've both been sort of without meaning to diving into some more nonfiction and some more academic subjects in our reading and our watching. I should say dipping kind of rather than diving. I don't think anyone's concentration is really of the dipping variety lately with all that's going on. Uh, Anyway, so Matt will be talking about mythology in his portion, but at my house, I've been getting a little philosophical, a little armchair philosophical, I'll say. Um, Been thinking about thoughts and being introspective and sort of getting in my head thinking um, while we're all slowing down about... um, what it all means in the future and la-di-da. So first, gaming, which we do a lot at our house of that. My son, my oldest son turned seven recently and he got for his birthday chess and exploding kittens. So he taught us how to play both. I don't know what the philosophy behind exploding kittens is, but I'll say chess is a really philosophical, thought-provoking game. I've been noticing that you can really tell uh, how a person's thought process works when you play a game of chess with them or when you watch two people play chess together. For instance, my son, who's a kid, uh, likes to take his queen and go on a rampage and knock as many people out as he can without really thinking about how vulnerable he is. My husband's always thinking eight or ten steps ahead and sometimes um, doesn't get in the here and now. And the way I play, I lose often. I'm always thinking about how to protect my king and never um, how to get the other guy's king. So you could probably do a psychological examination of our household just based on the way that we play chess. The baby hasn't, the baby just likes to knock things over, hasn't learned um, to play chess. So that's what we're playing. Um, I've been watching some philosophical things as well. First thing is I finally finished The Good Place. I'd been waiting forever for the last season, which is the, there's four seasons in all, to come out on Netflix. And lo and behold, it was right on our library shelf. Um, we got the DVD of the final season. So um, if you're interested in it, the library has all four seasons available for checkout. Um, I just really loved that show, uh, The Good Place. It's got Kristen Bell and um, Ted Danson in it. And it's about um, Kristen Bell dies and she's in the good place, but she doesn't really believe she belongs there. Um, that's the premise. And it, and it changes wildly every season. Uh, but it's such a good show on a couple of different levels. First, it's just really funny and entertaining. It's got a lot of um, funny references. And it's one of those shows where you can go back and watch it a second time and hear things because they're so quick Um and witty that you'll hear things the second time through that you didn't get the chance to enjoy the first watch but it's also just a a lovely good-hearted sincere show and it's well thought out from beginning to end it's it is a whole show which um, a lot of shows don't get the chance to be because they don't know how long they're going to be on I, I I didn't read about it but I feel like the creator in this case knew um, when the show was going to end and 
just wrapped it up really beautifully and and um nicely so it's so nice to watch a show that's there's no meandering and it's good from beginning to end you're not watching it and thinking um that the creators were only paying attention to what's popular or um or distracted by another project like with game of thrones you're really seeing someone a whole cast really whose heart and soul was in the was in something that they were creating at the time so I would really recommend that it's it asks great questions about ourselves um you know what what happens what can change a person when there's someone rooting for them and someone um loving them unconditionally who's deserving of good things um is it everyone or do you have to start out a certain way uh, but it asks those really deep questions in uh not a light way, but in a, a really uplifting way, and a, a not negative way, a not preachy way. Um, so I would really recommend that show to anybody that hasn't explored it yet. Uh, we've also been watching since it turned October, and we wanted to watch something kind of scary, my husband and I. Um, we've been getting into the Alfred Hitchcock movie, so we watched Rear Window, um, the other night and then today I checked out from the library strangers on a train which is a great philosophical question um, the premise of that movie is two men meet on the train and they start complaining um, one's complaining about his overbearing mother one about his wife or an in-law they're complaining about two family members and the stranger says to our hero you know, it would be the perfect crime if I knocked off your mother-in-law and you knocked off my mother, whoever the relatives are. I can't remember. It's been since college since I watched it. Um, so you get to kind of explore that creepy philosophical question. So I'm excited to watch that um, with my husband. Alfred Hitchcock is um, just got really, I really like the pacing of his movies. They're slow moving and sort of creep up on you. I don't think I'm going to dive into The Birds because that was a terrifying movie for me uh, when I watched it in high school. We'll see if I've got the guts um, this month to watch that. Other philosophical movies I love. My number one movie I would recommend to anybody, but especially if you like asking those what it is, what does it all mean questions is I Heart Huckabees with Dustin Hoffman, Jason Schwartzman, and Lily Tomlin. Mark Wahlberg's in it, Naomi Watts, and Jude Law. There's a lot of people in it. Um, and it's really cute, funny, thought-provoking movie. Uh, one of my favorites. And then also, I was on a Lily Tomlin kick, and we have a, a DVD here of a Lily Tomlin like comedy special that looks like it was maybe from the 70s. It's called Science, A Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe. It was very long, a little too long for me, but it was a, a really fun idea, and I thought she brought up a lot of good points, sort of, she was talking about Earth from an alien perspective, and um, she does all these different characters, and it's always, Lily Tomlin's really entertaining, it's always fun to see her fully 100% embody these crazy characters. Um, so I enjoyed it, but I thought it went on a little long. 
Uh, if you don't mind long things, you might like that. So that was watching. I've been reading um, quite a lot, and I haven't been reading a lot of fiction, which is usually my jam. I've been reading almost all nonfiction. I've been um, reading uh, for fiction, A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving, um, because I read The World According to Garp and loved that book, and that book stuck on me for a long time. Um, but since I'm just in a more nonfiction-y mood, I'm not really um, getting into A Prayer for Owen Meany. I've only been reading it on the weekends, and maybe it'll just be one of those books you kind of nibble at um, for a long time. Uh, luckily, the library has renewals, <laughs> so I can keep renewing it. Um, other things I've been reading, I've been kind of interested since we've been staying at home and um, when we get social, it's there's often that middleman of some sort of device or technology in between us and the other person. Um, so I've been interested in the ways that technology affects our relationships and I've read a couple books about it and checked out a couple books about it. The first that I read is called Stars in Our Pockets. Getting Lost and Sometimes Found in the Digital Age by Howard Axelrod. He's a man that when he was um, a younger man in college, was playing a basketball game and um, someone accidentally jammed their finger in his eye and he lost his eye or he lost sight in that eye. And so part of the book is about how his literal perception changed. I mean, just actually looking out of his eyes um, changed overnight. And then the other part is about how his perception of the world changed during this time because he went to live in the woods, um, to sort of get a handle on his new, um, life with one eye. And when he came out just, um, a few years later, it was that time had passed that quick time where suddenly everybody had smartphones and everybody on the bus was looking down at something instead of at each other. And it was more jarring for him than it was for the rest of us because he had been gone out of society for a few years. So he calls it like an inner climate change. Um, he thinks of it as sort of losing the diversity and the range of our minds because we're constantly jumping back and forth between the physical world and the virtual world so many times a day. So um, this man, Mr. Axelrod, had some uh, really good points about just sort of that um, balance being that all of us are having to balance, and especially now during the pandemic, um, that jumping back and forth between the virtual world and our world, the real world. Um, so that, and that was a short book, but a dense book. Um, the chapters are quick, so they're really easy to digest, but you're thinking about them for a while. So in that sense, it kind of stays with you. So I would recommend that book. It's called Stars in Our Pockets. Um, then I also have a book checked out. I haven't started it yet. I'm thinking about starting it tonight called For Small Creatures Such as We, Rituals for Finding Meaning in Our Unlikely World. And it's by Sasha Sagan. I hope I'm saying that right. It's Carl Sagan's daughter, the famous astronomer. And so she grew up um, with two very scientific parents who revealed to her the wonder of the cosmos and nature and also the um, 
importance of myth and fable. I think this is all from the book jacket, guys. Um, and so then she became a parent. And so this book is kind of about how she celebrates life and the wonder of life. And um, I think we forget sometimes because science is so, um, you know, sometimes can be perceived as so cold and fact-based that there's so much wonder um, in nature. I was just listening to um, Neil deGrasse Tyson interviewed on a podcast and he was saying that even for him there's a new amazing thing about nature that every day that will just blow your mind. Uh, and he gave the example of a an apple blossom on an apple tree having five petals and when you cut open an apple that's grown on an apple tree it's got the the star that's the same shape as those five petals. I think I'm saying that right. He was just talking about how every little um, there's so many little facets that we can focus on in our life that are really amazing. Um, and on that same note, I read a book, um, that I just finished this weekend called Enchanted Life, Unlocking the Magic of the Everyday by Sharon Blackie, who's a Scottish author. It was a little more woo-woo than, um, Sasha Sagan, what Sasha Sagan's book, uh, seems to be. She talks about, um, talking to trees, which I had a little bit of trouble with, but I stuck through the book and I felt like I really got some kernels of wisdom out of it. Um, she talks about getting in touch with nature and getting that sense of wonder back that you had when you were a child or maybe never had and, and, and want to gain. And she talked about, um, ways to ground yourself and feel a sense of belonging in the place that you are and in nature and mainly those ways were like um, sitting outside in nature in all sorts of weather, working with your hands and just in general slowing down, which I think is a lesson a lot of us are learning lately, um, is that we've all been moving really fast and that maybe we all need to slow down. Or I feel personally that maybe the uh, slowdown was a silver lining of this pandemic. Um and then listening, I'm always just listening to Bruce Springsteen at any point in time. And I've been listening to a lot of Adele, I guess, as well. And um, then I just heard about this podcast called the Slow Home Podcast that I haven't um, uh, haven't listened to yet, haven't started yet, but it's called the Slow Home Podcast. And it kind of seems like it's on the same rabbit hole that I'm falling down in terms of all the books I'm reading. So I might check that out. Um, I mentioned earlier having a lack of concentration, which I hope I'm not extrapolating, but I feel like a lot of us have been um, having a hard time focusing with everything that's going on. And I sort of rediscovered this app that we have um, through the library. Um, it's on our webpage. It's called Brain HQ. And it's something you can play on your computer or on your phone. The app has a lot of games, but they're all um, scientifically proven to improve your focus, your memory, and your concentration, and your attention. So I know I've been having trouble with that, and it was nice to sort of take a break and play a little game that 
was a break, a relaxing break, but also maybe improved my memory. So it's real. it was really fun and you can play like endless games. You could probably even, um, compete with someone in your house or a loved one on these games and see who's got the better concentration. I know that my husband would probably win. I have terrible memory, but, um, it's getting better, improving through, um, brain HQ. So that's about all that I've had going on lately. Um, we're excited. We're currently the library is at curbside service, but we're excited next week on Monday, October 12th to be opening up to grab and go, which is our next phase, which is just as it sounds. Um, the doors will be open to everyone who we've missed so much. Um, but you'll be only able to stay for a limited amount of time, grab what you need and go if you need to print or use the computer for a short amount of time. Um, socially distance, of course, you'll be able to do that. So still, um, plenty of safety restrictions, but we're really all so excited to see our patrons again um, and be able to have you come in to the library. I feel like the library has felt really empty without um, the community filling it. So um, that's October 12th, and that's about all I have for now. I'm looking forward to hearing what Matt has to say about mythology. So take care, everyone.